Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode one, two, three, episode 123. B-Pimp, how's everything going with you? Well, it's going great, and we all know there's a number 23 that comes to mind, shooting guard, face of the team, all-star scoring machine, legendary basketball player, uh, once-in-a-generation talent, of course, Mitch Richmond. Mitch Richmond. I love Mitch Richmond. Yes. Sacramento and the Warriors. So yeah. he's 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 been in the Bay Area and the what Sacramento might be considered the Bay Area extended. I'm sure Sacramento doesn't like being called that, but yeah, I mean kind of at this point. Yeah, he was on the run TMC. Yeah. Warriors. Those were fun teams. That, that's like a fun trio without them ever having been very good. Yeah. They were more of like the what would be another team like that? There's been teams over the years where it's like they, they, the success doesn't bear out, but like I just really want to watch them play. Yeah, maybe like the Alonzo Morning, Larry Johnson Hornets were kind yes. of. Yes, yeah. excellent call. Who else was like that? Well, that's a tough one. More recently, maybe just the Russell Wils- Russell Westbrook Bradley Beal combo because yeah. they're just like a lot of fun For to sure. watch, but didn't really work out that great. <laughs> no, yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, that's a. There's a lot of combos like that in the NBA, which which makes it fun to watch. Even if your team is like not amazing or feels like a legitimate championship contender, you have that. Yeah. Um, all right. I I am curious as to what beer you've got drinking for this episode, BPM. So I was wandering around my local Binnies and picked up a beer by Phase Three Brewing, which Ooh. is out of um, Lake Zurich, Illinois. All right. And. I, the beer I picked out wasn't the one I have right now. It was a different one that's got like Nosferatu on the label. And it was like a very scary looking beer. So I picked it up. It was a porter. And the guy was like, hey, you know, if you like phase three, we've got their other beer that's going to be sold out in about an hour sitting on our service desk. Ooh. He's like, go to look. So I'm like, this guy just found the right sucker to pick on. And I went <laughs> and looked. And it was this, which is Affy Tapple beer. Okay. So it's a beer... It's called peanut caramel apple ale. It's brewed with a bushel of apples, peanut, and caramel. And I was like, I got to try that. Got to try it. It's got a spoonerism as the title. Yes. Um, Nice. Do you think... Go ahead, yeah. Do you think he was telling the truth about it being sold out in the next hour? I do, because then when I was checking out, the cashier said, yeah, every year when we get this, we get it, we put it... She's like, we put it out this morning. And when I went and got it, there was like six, four packs left. And it's a limit one per customer. Oh, that's how they really get you to buy like limit one. Wait, why? I why? Must get it. <laughs> yes. And it's, and then also it's benefiting the greater Chicago food depository. So I was like, okay, I'm a sucker, but at least some of this is going to a good cause. Maybe. Yeah. I know we don't do boots or smooth trains for beer, but how are you liking this bear? Well, the smell is like, basically this is just a taffy apple in a can. So we'll find out if the taste matches that. I will say, as as you are sipping it, I don't think I've had a taffy apple in like forever. Suddenly, I do want one. Oh wow! You know, it's really not bad. It's not something that I would drink like <laughs> yeah. regularly because it's. I mean, but I mean, it There's is no way it could be. No right. I mean, but it is spot on. Like the flavor is completely spot on. Like if you thought of what would I want that to taste like in a beer, this is it. That's completely nailed and it's not overpowering. It's not, it could be really gross. It was like super sweet, but it's just, just 
held they held back just enough that it's okay. like not not bad because yeah, it's easy to accidentally cross that line yes yeah it's pretty good though i actually bought it more for lisa to try because she likes kind of some of the sweeter and like more odd style so i'm gonna see what she thinks of it too is it outside of the, the kind of the taffy apple flavor what's the base of the beer is it a heavier or what do we got there they're just well they're just calling it like an ale with apple juice and then the 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 peanut and caramel flavor so i can the base is kind of almost like it's not sour but maybe like a fruited ale kind of thing okay. where it's just but i mean that part if you just focus on that it's it is kind of a nice like just apple pucker to the ale so it's pretty good it's not bad at all it's not like i said now that i've tried it i'm not going to buy it again but it's it's not disappointing for what it is no, and it good to have tried it. And no. correct. Nice. Well, yeah. I'm drinking uh, as I, I have been a lot lately. Pliny the Elder, which uh, for folks at home is a, is a real treat in California. Uh, it's from the Russian River Brewing Company. It did back in the day, and this is probably this is probably over ten years ago at this point. Maybe somewhere between ten and twelve, maybe up to fifteen years ago, did win the best beer in America at one point uh which who's to say i really enjoy it i have no sense of my own internal rankings of beer as to what the best beer i've ever had uh but it is a damn fine beer uh and i really enjoy it so if next time for folks if you're in california do go to russian river it's in santa rosa uh or just try to find uh plan of the elder but it's it's a great beer and uh it's trying to find I can't remember if it's an IPA or a double IPA. Ooh, it's 8% alcohol by volume. Uh, yeah, double IPA. Yeah, that's one of those ones that its reputation preceded it, but it lives up to it. It's really good. Yes, no, great beer. Uh, but anyway, an 8% uh, alcohol beer is like definitely doing it to me. Yeah, this is going to be <laughs> fun day. Never mind the fact that I also have to try a whiskey, which... Almost every whiskey I've ever had was considerably more than 8%. Yes. They're, they're usually uh, coming in a little bit higher. A little bit higher than that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, for this episode, I this is, this is the, I don't want to say the common man's episode, but we are speaking to everybody, all of our potential listeners, uh, about our top five list in this one. Sometimes we cover things that are sports specific. Um, or just maybe something that not everybody relates to. I know we talked about the NBA. Maybe not all of our listeners are NBA fans. Understandable. But this, we're talking about our favorite grocery store aisles. Everybody loves a good grocery store. Everybody goes to the grocery store. Everybody knows what their favorite aisles are. This is truly for everyone. And even if you don't know, once we ask you, you'd go on like an immediate almost like a personal quest mm -hmm. because you'd be like, of course I have a favorite owl. Which one is it? And then you'd sit there motionless like the Buddha until you determined what are your favorite aisles. Yeah. I, the way I think about grocery stores is Maggie, my wife comments that I am never satisfied with a grocery store. I actually switch the grocery store I go to every few weeks or every few months 
just because I have never quite found the one I want. Either it's like, ah, the produce isn't very good, or it's a little bit too expensive, or it's a little bit too far out of the way, or it's too crowded, especially in the pandemic. I kind of care about that. Um, and I'm just always cycling through them. But once I get used to a store, I have like a specific path that I take through that store almost every time. Yep. Uh, definitely a creature of habit in that sense. So it's, it's actually hard for me to switch stores because I don't have that down. So I don't know where everything is. Being in the store takes me a lot longer than it would otherwise. Um, and that, that throws me off completely. I make my, my Google keep note list of grocery store items is in the order that the buyer aisles are in. Cause I know exactly how I'm going to go through the store. So when I add new items to the list, I put them in where I know that they're at. This is very important. Very important. How this I'm, I'm about to get very jealous that Meyer is your store. How close are you to a Meyer? It's in Bloomingdale. So it's a good 15, 20 minute drive, but I'm a Meyer devotee. So I make the drive. Okay. That's not horrible. I, so most of my stores have been, I've been cycling through them. Uh, there was this one in Alameda Knob Hill that I, that was like my pandemic store because it was enormous and never crowded. Oh, but that's good. like generally not actually a great sign for how good the store is. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of stopped going to that one cause it was a little bit too expensive. I sometimes will hit Safeways up, which if you're from the Midwest, Safeway is basically Dominic's Dom or Safeway used to own Dominic's and then all the Dominic's closed cause Safeway pulled out of the market. But uh, so it was like a Dominic's kind of store. And then uh, I kind of switched to Trader Joe's and this was more like a budget move thinking like Trader Joe's is generally cheaper. I think I need to do that. But I was getting aggravated that it seemed like all the produce I bought at Trader Joe's expired in like two or three days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very frustrating. Trader Joe's has got to get their stuff together in that. And now I'm on a Berkeley bowl kick, which if anybody lives in the Bay area, Berkeley bowl is like a really Mecca of great shopping but it is a little bit further. We live in Oakland, not Berkeley. And it's always pretty crowded. And I, I don't know if this is me like getting older, but like I have a tough time if a grocery store is pretty crowded, just like navigating and thinking about how I'm gonna get through it. Yeah, I'm just trying to get out of there. Yeah, exactly. So that's like not the best experience for me either. So I still, I'm still searching for that perfect story. I've not found it yet. I like, I'm, I'm liking the Meyer. I do pepper in target grocery shopping trips. I go to all these. So every so often Trader Joe's a lot of different ones. Like if we need different types of things, but as far as like my staple, every couple week bulk shopping trip, it's always Meyer. Yeah. Uh, no, I totally get that. We do not have Meyer here. I kind of wish we did though, because it's uh it's a great store. I love it. We have talked about it at length. It's a great store. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. A whiskey that I have for this, somehow we have not had this on the podcast, which blows my freaking mind because we have talked about it before. But as many different whiskeys as we had on this podcast, we've never had Buffalo Trace. I know. I'm shocked. I was shocked as well. Yeah. And what really drew me to this one, too, is I don't think I've personally had Buffalo Trace in several years. Because I have tried all these whiskeys for the podcast. I almost don't drink anything else because I'm buying so many whiskeys that 
the only reason I would buy a whiskey is to try it on this podcast. And then I have the rest of that bottle. So of course I'm not going to buy something else. It's like wasteful. I don't drink enough whiskey to make up for that fact, but I'm really happy to be trying Buffalo trace because it probably has been four or five years since I've even had it at all. Yeah, this is, I didn't even think about that, but this is going to be exciting. This is almost like a, you've gone on a journey, uh, had all these other different whiskeys and now we're back to one of our early inspirations for the podcast, basically. It's, it's going to be, it's going to reflect like how have I changed as a person in the last five years? Yeah. This is a very existential uh, first segment of our podcast. It is. I hope, I hope our listeners are on board with it uh, as, I, we, as we do this. I'm just sad for the listeners. They don't get to see like I do. Cause we're on a video call here. Like get to see the visual reaction that you're going to have mm-hmm. to this Buffalo trace tasting. I imagine my own mortality as I pour this into uh, a glass <laughs> on the rocks. <laughs> he's got the big, he's got the big ice cube. He's got mm-hmm. the fancy whiskey glass. It's all we're ready to go here. Do love this glass. Okay. I'll give it a smell. Uh, and as I do that for the folks at home who don't really know that much about Buffalo trace, I'm, I'm sorry to not give you a, a little more uh, context for this, but Buffalo trace is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, it's 45% alcohol by volume. Uh, I'm not sure what else you really need to know. It's out of Franklin County, Kentucky. It's got a lot of writing on the back of the bottle that I will not read, uh, but go ahead and, and check it out. It It's one of the standards, though. I think we can agree. Yes, and it's a fantastic experience if you can ever go to the distillery. It is a wonderful, wonderful place to visit. Yeah. And I will say also it's, it's generally, I think very reasonably priced. I believe this 750 milliliter and keep in mind, I got this in Berkeley, California. So probably you might find it cheaper um, elsewhere, but it was still only $22. Yeah. You can't really beat it. Yeah. All right. So I've got on the rocks. It's got that classic bourbon smell, not really detecting any notes outside of what I would expect there. So I'm going to give it a taste. Went to Buffalo Trace with my lovely wife, Lisa, a few years ago. Really enjoyed it. Huge property. Lots of sights and sounds. What do you think? What's How's this taste hitting you? It's it's like a, an old sweater I thought I had lost. But it's a cold night, and I'm glad I have it suddenly. And I put it on, and it fits so comfortably. I love so it. That first sip, it's such a... It doesn't go sideways in any particular way. It's like not, not overdoing it with the warmth. It's got a good, even taste, coats the mouth. Um, it's kind of a small sip though. So let me give it a second sip. That's, I always like to say whiskey is like a sweater on the inside. So that's such a good analogy for Buffalo Trace. Yeah, I will say that second sip had a little more bite to it. Uh, I kind of intentionally took a little bit more. And uh, I still like how it's sitting. I have just, this usually kills me for whiskeys, but I don't think it will for this one. I had a slight, slight ting of like, uh, just kind of like a, a metallic taste for a second, but it went away, which is good because often I feel like if a whiskey has any kind of metallic taste, it actually uh, is exacerbated in the, in the aftertaste effect. But this yeah. was not. And that's like an automatic boot for you. It is an automatic boot for me. So I'll admit it. I had a second of pause. I had a second of pause with this one. 
I do think I'm going to need a third taste to make my final determination. Buffalo Trace going in for the third. Buffalo Trace. I like that. The third. (laughs) (laughs) I think if you are named the third in the line of something, you should have to go by the nickname Trey. I think it's all automatic. I think I don't think they have a choice. I think so. I only have one friend who is, I believe, the third in line, and he does go by Trey. So I think it should be the rule. It is. I think I'm pretty sure it might already be in like the the uh, Constitution somewhere buried. Yeah. All right. After three sips, I, I I'll admit I am having a moment of pause, but all the same, what I really like about Buffalo Trace is it's. It is a, a familiar taste. It doesn't go. It's pretty. It's a pretty expected taste too. Uh, just like it's kind of what I would be looking for in a standard bourbon, but it hits all of the right notes. I feel like I could have maybe slightly more of a warming sensation with like a maybe a slightly more expensive whiskey. Right. So. I have moments where I feel like if this, if Buffalo Trace is $50, I might be talking about this a lot differently. Right. But frankly, it's not. And, you know, for, for what it is, I, I really like it. And I'm going to keep it on the smooth train. Yay. So, so yeah, Buffalo Trace is on the smooth train for me. Yeah. I think that's really what sets it apart too, is the fact that it is like, even if it was $35, you'd be like, okay, this is in the ballpark of like maker's mark and whatever. Yeah. But it's so affordable for such a good quality whiskey. It really is. And I can't think of too many else. I don't know if there's any other whiskeys that were like right in that $20, $22 price range. If you, if, if you switch, I mean, sometimes you can find Jack Daniels for that. And, and if you switch over into like Irish whiskeys, you can get Tullamore Dew. And there are some you can find in that price range of different styles. But I don't think as far as like a truly like a bourbon, I don't know mm-hmm. if there's really a comparable one that's quite as good of a value. Yeah, I don't think so. It it really is a good value. Uh, So folks at home, of course, Buffalo Trace, staying on the smooth train, never fear. I'll admit I had to give it the third sip just to know for sure, but it definitely is on the smooth train. I'm very happy to hear it. All right. We got to go back to talking about grocery stores. Again, this is I mean, as we go through this list, if people, if we have listeners in the Bay Area or especially around Oakland who want to recommend grocery stores to me that I need to start going to, side conversation, I want to know because I have to figure out my home grocery store. But so much of when you think about what your favorite grocery store is, we're talking about like specific aisles. Like, does that aisle that you like, does it deliver at this grocery store? Right. So... We are talking about our top five aisles at a grocery store. Was there anything, B-Pimp, that you kind of thought about going into this or anything like that you even considered? Does this technically an aisle or not? I I did have to consider, like, how am I labeling it? And am I really liking it? I'll get into this with each one because I had this happen every time almost. But, like, is the thing I'm calling the aisle, am I ranking it here because of that thing? Or is it because of, like, maybe some other stuff that also happens to be in that aisle? So that aisle gets ratcheted up the power rankings. And also I had a battle between my number one and number two that kept going back and forth. Ooh, you know, I kind of did too. And as I'm looking at my list, I hate to say this, but I'm, I think I might switch my two and my three. 
Ooh, no, actually, breaking news. Okay. I can't. I got to leave it where it is. I got to leave it where it is. All right. Stay true to my list. Okay. Without, before any other changes are made, this is set in stone. I mean, this is being recorded. So I, I, I want to make sure my list is true. I think it is. Let's get into it. These are our top five aisles at a grocery store. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right. My number five aisle at a grocery store is in the freezer section. We'll just call it the ice cream and ice cream type treats aisle. This is a, a just a fraction of away from a double dip because just before we started, I moved it to an honorable mention from a number five. Oh, heartbreaker. Yeah. I just, this aisle, it, it really does depend on the store. I would say I go back and forth with the type of stores I go to, whether it's like your standard grocery store or kind of like on the like hippier, healthier end. Right. This is an area where to me, and I, again, I'm not vegan, but this is an area where hippier, healthier grocery stores suck horrible (laughs) (laughs) in this regard. Their ice cream is garbage and their other treats are garbage. I want all of the different ice cream flavors. I really like on the West coast, we have Tillamook ice cream, which I think is just like the best brand. Uh, and then I, I want just a bunch of different ice cream options. So this is a favorite of mine. I don't eat like a ton of ice cream or a ton of that kind of stuff, but, uh, if I'm getting it, I want to make sure I, I really am not forced into an option that I don't want. Like give totally me all the options in the world. It's very yeah. important that a grocery store has a good ice cream aisle. Yeah. I've been focused a lot on the Ben and De- Ben and Jerry's is making a lot of non-dairy flavors. And so mm. it's a big thing for me. Like how many of those do they have at the grocery store that I'm going to? Definitely. All right. What's your number five? My number five at the last minute ended up being the condiment aisle. Whoa. Okay. Make I the love the condiment there. aisle. I just love mustards. And as I've gotten older, I'm a big fan of different types of mustards. So when I was looking for mustards. They also have in that aisle, generally when I'm going to a store, they also have pickles at one end and I love pickles. Mm-hmm. So I'm like putting that as a bonus for the condiment aisle. That, and I was like looking at salad dressings. So there's a lot of stuff. That's, that's a good bonus. I, pickles are great. Yeah. I will say this is, we've disagreed on this podcast before. Don't get me wrong. But I almost hate nearly all condiments. <laughs> you don't like condiments? I don't like mustard. I don't like ketchup. I don't like mayonnaise. Okay. Then you wouldn't like the condiment aisle, though. I can see why. But, but, you know, sometimes, like, if if barbecue sauce happens to be in the condiment aisle, sure. Yeah. And, like, some salad dressings are, like, most salad dressings I don't like. But if you have, like, a good, like, vinaigrette, and, of course, I make Caesar salad occasionally. So, like, those are the two. But, um, yeah, I will say it's not my favorite aisle. I'll be honest. This is, I think this is a good point for me to make a caveat, which is I am, we've referenced it here and there before, but I'm vegan for now, like, five and a half years so when you're Holy vegan crap, Ola. yeah it's been, been a while five and a half years wow yeah. congratulations thank you um i only say that because this is going to be skewed of like i'm not i mean i still think some of mine are pretty common but like there's different things i'm usually looking for so for me mustard has gone way up on the excitement list which generally for most people i can understand why they're not always like jazzed about mustard <laughs> well i mustard has a lot like of I'm not trying to knock, I don't like mustard, but, but mustard also has like a lot of variation in different types of mustard and different qualities too. So if yeah. you like mustard, I think 
you have a lot of options. And hot sauce too. I forgot. I like hot sauce. So yeah. that's also in the aisle. All right. My number four is the bakery section. Also, nice. I, I feel like a good determination of how generally how good a store is, is how good their bakery section is. But this one, I feel like this is a selfless ad on my part because I like baked goods definitely, but really it's more my wife that likes baked goods. And she is definitely a, a sweet sweets for breakfast kind of person. I'm, I'm savory. Like I, I make eggs and bacon pretty much every morning. Uh, but she wants a good sweet. So I, I want to make sure that store has good options for breakfast. Not just, not just like cakes and that kind of thing, which great if they have good cakes uh, and cookies, but they need to have good breakfast sweets. It's important. High yeah, quality. So, yeah. Yeah. I want a lot of variation there, but definitely I will spend a good amount of time in a store's bakery section. I think that's a clutch one. That's what one of the ones I asked Lisa for, opinions that was the first one she mentioned nice all right what's your number four my number four is the sparkling water slash soft drink aisle Ooh, that is a really good one i'm a i'm a huge fan of sparkling water flavors i like to get like different ones every time i go and try different ones all over the place i'm, I'm liking this guava sao paulo Lacroix that i'd never had before oh interesting pretty good i have not had that one I, uh, I don't drink a lot of LaCroix, but Maggie's parents actually drink a lot of LaCroix now. So whenever they're over, they get like a case of LaCroix and probably don't drink all of it. So we have like a few left, but that's like the only chance I actually drink LaCroix. I love, I've become a huge sparkling water nerd. It's a thing now. Yeah. I appreciate that you say it, LaCroix. Uh, occasionally I'll hear somebody say LaCroix and I go almost... Completely crazy if I hear that. La Croix? Yeah, it's not French. It's from Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was th- I thought you were going to say people say La Croix. <laughs> <laughs> I would be okay. I'm more okay with that than I am with La Croix. Yeah. It's like when people say uh, for the restaurant, there's a restaurant in the Chicagoland area, and some people used to call it Jalapenos, where I grew up. Nice. I, uh, when we went to France, I was talking to somebody, I was working at the CTA at the time. And he, he was more familiar with France than I was, I guess. Uh, and I just, I, he asked like where I was going in France. I was like, well, we're going to Paris and then we're going to Blois. And he said like, Blois, like you, you don't know French, do you? I was like, no, I do not. Which apparently Blois spelled B-L-O-I-S is pronounced Bois. Bois? Bois. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Yeah, there's a lot of French words like that. I mean, I love France, but man, I do not know French. No, I don't either. I didn't take French. I took poorly, poorly in like Spanish that I didn't really get. Not French. Hey, me too. Really <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. My number three is, and this is in quotes because it depends on the store, but like the ethnic foods aisle. Double dip. No shit. I call awesome. it world food, but still double dip. Well, the reason I call it ethnic foods is to make fun of the stores that call it that. Yeah. It's like a ridiculous, all they mean to say is like non-white people foods. And yes. they just call it ethnic foods, which is so ridiculous. The only way I will accept that, that they could call it ethnic foods is if they decide to include Italian foods. 
Right. If they don't include Italian foods, they're just being racist. Yeah, exactly. But if they do include Italian foods, I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, but for me, like, I was thinking of it as in probably not including Italian foods, but uh, although I love my pasta, my pasta sauce, don't get me wrong. But I mean, I'm just in that aisle a lot. I like to cook a lot of curries. Uh, I like to get a lot of rice. So whether it's your like South Asian or East Asian food, definitely. And I also make a fair amount of like, not very authentic, but like Mexican food, whether it's like fajitas or whatever, I made burritos last week. So that aisle has kind of got everything for me. That aisle is the best. Well, one of the best, the third best, you might say, because that's where I have it on my list. But it has uh, like, it also has the good tortilla chips in my store and it has tahini, which I need to make hummus which i make regularly and all the other stuff you mentioned because i like making curry too so it's got a lot of good stuff in it my favorite is when like a store is like like goes the extra mile of of really segregating their like ethnic foods where like even haritos like the pop will inexplicably just be in that section (laughs) we're not gonna put it with our pops we'll pull it put it with our ethnic foods for some reason yeah and they have like weird they have like weird British candy as always in that aisle too. Mm. I have not done enough to explore my weird British candy. There's a lot of it. I can't eat it anymore. Cause all of it almost is like just milk, but it's, it's, <laughs> it is there. British milk candies. Yeah. Uh, it's too bad. The British don't know more about good food. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. My number two, this is obviously not going to be on your list, but I could not put it on this list because it is the foundation of almost everything I cook or think about cooking. Like I'll always go to the store and be like, what do I want to cook? I go to this aisle and then I'll be like, Oh, this is what they have. That's good. But it's just like the meat aisle. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that, I mean, that varies wildly store to store. Actually the the store I go to now in Berkeley bowl uh, is really great for that. And I, I do go there sometimes because they have the fake meat there too. Like the yeah. impossible stuff. I've cooked uh, impossible burgers. I've done Beyond, which is, pretty, I can, I'm not sure I could distinguish the two of them, but like what I always thought was weird, at least with impossible, maybe Beyond was this way too, but I still can't figure out why it bled. Oh, yeah. I know. It is funny. I think they're yeah. just really going for it, trying to mimic. They're really going for it. Yeah. I almost don't need them to go for it quite that much. No, I just care about the end product. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I made burgers with it. And I was like, I, I guess it tastes like slightly different, but not that different. No, like, it's, it's really good. close. Yeah, I liked it. Yep. Um, okay, what's your number two? My number two has been in the number one slot. I've gone back and forth so many times. It's really hard for me and it's very personal and sad, but I had to put it number two. And that is the cereal aisle. Hmm. I love cereal. It's so good. There's so many options. It, there's so much cereal that it's like one really long aisle. One side of it is all cereal. Plus yeah. it's got granola bars in that aisle too. It's a great aisle. It really is. I, I hate to say I, I put it as an honorable mention. Not because I don't love. I also love cereal. I actually just stopped eating it because I started eating bacon and eggs. And I actually found... If I didn't eat, I mean, the bacon part doesn't matter, but if I didn't eat the eggs, like my, my energy levels changed in the morning. So I like, I actually always eat eggs now, which is almost 
unfortunate because I really like cereal and I find the cereal aisle to be one of the most, if not the most aesthetically pleasing aisles of any grocery store. Oh yeah. It's great. And I've also found that uh, I can supplement my protein as a vegan with, there's a lot of cereals that have like extra protein added. Like mm-hmm. Kashi makes a few different really good high protein cereals and then special K has got a bunch too. So I'm always looking, it's a very important aisle in my shopping repertoire, the cereal it's, aisle. It's a really good aisle. Yeah. Uh, great pick. All right. We are down to it. I think my number one is very similar to your number four. I call it the specialty drinks aisle. Okay. So you're probably going to have your sparkling waters in there. You're definitely going to have, you might have your fancier pops in there. You're going to have your vitamin waters in there, which I get a lot of. You're going to have your snapples in there. But to me, this is like, I just am a big fan of specialty drinks. It's what I look for in a store. Uh, I probably spend too much money on that kind of thing. But if a store has a bunch of good specialty drinks options, that's kind of, that might be the, like one of the first things I judge it on. Yeah. We're in very, I get made fun of regularly by Lisa for how much I spend on specialty drinks. She's like, wait, Cause I'll like, I love it so much that I'll put some in the fridge and then I have like backups in the garage on the shelf of like some of my drinks. And she's like, why do you have all these drinks? I'm like, I need them. They're good. They're delicious. Yes. Stop judging me. Back up. Yeah. Well, I, I love it too. When they're actually called, not all stores will call it, but uh, a couple that I've go to will actually call it the specialty drinks aisle. Yeah. Like I almost thought it was like just kind of a, for a minute, I thought it was like a catch all that only me and Maggie used to describe my addiction to this. But it really <laughs> is a term that's used. Specialty drinks. What's your favorite vitamin water flavor? So I go I go a little bit back and forth. The one I drink the most is definitely I'm drinking a lot of vitamin water zeros. So across the board, probably the zeros. Okay. Um, and my triple X zero is probably the one I drink the most. That's a good probably one. my favorite. I also like occasionally throwing in the revive yes that's a great one um i like the orange one too and that one is in my fridge on deck for tonight i'm gonna have the orange very nice yeah i like the yellow one too but yeah i gotta say it's it's the triple x zero okay i'm glad we've had a little sub vitamin water talk i wasn't expecting it's a bonus is is your favorite the orange or is that a different one I like the orange. I think Revive is probably my favorite. It's the one that I see. It gives me the most bang for my buck when I drink it. I feel like an energy boost. It does. It feels that way. I think, like, taste-wise, it's not my favorite. But it does something to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I agree with that. Okay. We are down to it. Your number one. What is it? My number one is something that becomes more... As a vegan, I limit my diet in so many ways that this is one area where I don't really have to be that picky although some of these inexplicably have milk the salty snack aisle Ooh, it that's such a good aisle it's so good there's so many good things in it there's the worst version of tortilla chips that aren't in the world fuel food slash ethnic food mm-hmm. aisle Tostitos. There's, yeah <laughs> there's uh pretzels chips checks mix everything everything is in this aisle it's so good and you can, it's endless. And all I have to do is look usually with barbecue chips to make sure that there's not um, milk in it as an ingredient. And I'm good. I'm gold. 
Is that common? So is it, it is chips? Weird. Yeah, usually like if it's a mesquite barbecue flavor, I always feel like they put milk or like a sour cream and onion. A okay, lot of times one. they'll add milk. That makes sense because we're talking mm-hmm. sour cream, but right. barbecue, that would be, you got to read. I, I feel like that's the hardest thing where I probably couldn't be a vegan because I'm just too lazy to read. But I mean, I've been like a pescatarian and I could probably be a vegetarian, but if you, I feel like vegan is the level where like you better be ready for, ready for some reading. Yes. You got to be reading. They yeah. try to help us with that bold thing where it's like contains and then I can really quickly see if it has milk. But even then you've got to look. Because sometimes yeah. I don't do honey either, which not every vegan is like that. So I have to, they don't do honey in the contains. So I have to always look for honey and I have to oh. look for gelatin in a lot of candies. That's a tricky one. Well, I remember with honey, like it was a sneaky ingredient in a whiskey once. You like never yes. know when they're going to throw that in. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a, uh, that's a great aisle. I don't know why I didn't put it in my honorable mentions. I should have. Um, I think that's one of those aisles that is tends to be better in the Midwest than it is here. I think there's a more salty snack appreciation than the Midwest. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's because of like football's more popular. That could be. It it might be gearing towards like game day snack type thing. Yeah, but I I, I'm going to put salty snacks and then as I mentioned earlier, cereal in my honorable mentions. Do you have any in your honorable mentions? I, you mentioned ice cream, which I had in honorable mentions as your five. And then I had gum and candy. That aisle is good. Mm-hmm. And also like, I didn't know what to call it, but like there's an aisle that always has all the beans and salsa. And yeah. I like too. That's a good one too. It, it depends on like how the store is organized. Like I could fall in ethnic foods, but maybe it won't because there's yeah. like, a lot there. My set, my Meyer has it in a separate aisle where I get like my chickpeas to make hummus. And then there's also salsa like nearby, but any other type of bean that I need is usually there too. Are you making your own hummus? Oh yeah. Nice. What do you put in it besides chickpeas? Is there like an oil? Yeah. I use tahini and then you add a little olive oil and then chickpeas. And then you, sometimes I make it just a plain one with like salt and pepper. Um, and then also we'll make, uh, or just salt, actually not pepper. And then we'll make uh, garlic, I'll roast garlic cloves and Ooh. then put that in. And then we also, we use adobo peppers and you just put some adobo peppers in at the end and it's like a spicy hummus. Oh, I should do that. Wait, what is tahini? Tahini is like a, a, a like a sesame based oil. That's a Mediterranean. Okay. The one I get is, um, Oh, it starts with like a Z. I can't remember the brand name, but we got, it's like a big glass jar of tahini. It lasts forever because I just right. had it. <laughs> it's close <laughs> to that. It is really close to that, actually. Um, but yeah, I'm out of it right now, and I couldn't find it the last couple times, so I had to buy like Sabra hummus, and I couldn't make it. I'm so depressed right what? now. Oh, disappointing. Yeah. Um, all right, folks at home, if you have honorable mentions you want to mention, go ahead and hit us up on our Twitter feed. That's at Whiskey Sessions or email us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. And we'll read your emails on a future episode, but we got to get to your emails for this episode. So without further ado, these are your emails. You sent us emails to read emails, and now we'll read them. Uh, all right, BPM, what do we got in the old email inbox? Dear Whiskey Sessions, I think that the most shocking news about the NBA this year is that Michael Jordan will come out of retirement to play for the Washington Wizards again 20 years later. What do you think about them, Apples? Rick from Dearborn, Michigan. Ooh, well, 
if that happens, I'm switching my pick from the Orlando Magic being the worst team of all time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think he shouldn't do that. Correct. Agreed. Rick is nuts. It's probably Rick Mahorn, and he's like trying to sabotage Michael Jordan because he's salty about the Pistons losing. Yeah. How old is Michael Jordan? He's got to be 60. When was he born? Was he born in like 1960? What? Probably two, maybe? 61. Hold on. 62? Let's see. You take a final guess, and I'll tell you what Wikipedia says. I'll say he was born in 1962. 1963. So he is oh, 58 years old. Okay. He, that's pretty old for the NBA. Yeah, I don't think he can do it. Although you, every so often you'll hear those like puff piece stories where it's like Michael Jordan schools somebody in shoot around. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think uh, he's playing in the NBA anymore, Rick. Sorry. Uh, do you think, though, that uh, do you think he would be the worst player in the NBA? Or do you think somebody would be worse than him? Um,. I was going to take a shot at somebody, but I can't think of somebody I don't like quickly enough to throw them under the bus in the NBA. Cause that's, I, if at 58, he could be not the worst player in the NBA like that, that would still be a pretty impressive feat. Yeah. It would be amazing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I think he would just like try to run up the court and like break his hip immediately. Yeah. That would not be good. I don't uh, think it's right. going to happen. I got one. It says, gentlemen, every year we get an NBA preview from you but we get no college basketball preview. What's up with that? And this is from Derek in Mitchellville, uh, Maryland. Mm. I think DePaul Blue Demons all the way. Yeah, every year. That's why we don't do it. It's just because we're smart about college basketball. We know every year that DePaul is going to be the best team and it's pointless to worry about it. Mm -hmm. they, had, they had Dave Lato back as coach, even though he was bad the first time. They were like, let's give him another run. Give him another go. I've got in the uh, final four finals, DePaul Blue Demons versus the UIC Flames. I, and they, it, they, can anybody argue with that? Well, Loyola and Robert Morris College will also have been in there. <laughs> yeah, there's your final four. <laughs> yes. Ugh, I can't believe Loyola made the actual final four. I can't believe that when DePaul needed a coach, they thought that the Loyola coach would leave to go to DePaul. Good God. He already, he's already having success at a small Catholic school. Why would yeah. he go do it at the other one? I, I just, the first year I went to DePaul was 2004. Same as the first year you went there. Yeah. And that was right after they went to the, play, that was the tournament. Right after the last time they went to the tournament. Yep. With, uh, I think it was like Andre Brown. Yeah. The team was and all right. I'm tired of thinking myself thinking of myself as a jinx for this team. Like I know they need to break thinking, through. Come on. They're supposed to be Chicago's basketball college. Right. They got a coach who has recruiting ties, Kenny Payne, who has, or no, they didn't get him. They got the guy from Oregon. I can't remember his name now. He was like an assistant coach with, for Dana Altman at Oregon. And he's supposed to have a good recruiting base or something. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. You know what? And I'll say this. It's fine that you don't know his name. He needs to earn us remembering what his name is. Yes, exactly. So I we'll agree. see. But hopefully DePaul's going all the way this year. Correct. Either just scratch what we just said. They're still going to win. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, all right. If you want to write us an email, it's whiskey sessions music at gmail.com. We'll read it on a future episode. Uh, of course, thank you for sending in your emails. But that's it for this episode. We talked about 
great thing. This makes me want to go to a grocery store right now. Yeah. Everybody uh, drop what you're doing. Go to the grocery store. Do it. Um, but until next time, B-Pimp, do you have any words of wisdom you want to leave our listeners with? Make sure you check out what they call the world food aisle at your grocery store. Yeah. What's in there? Do they call it world food? Do they call it ethnic food? I, it's one of the most like outdated, like almost slang terms that they still have in most grocery stores. You're really in trouble if they call it food we can't pronounce. Yeah, that's the name of the aisle. Yeah. That don't, don't, do not go to that store. No, that store will be closing soon, so get out of there. All right, until next time, this is Amen, Sam, peace out. And be pimp, see ya.